Welcome to Wednesdays with Wade. John Wade, that is, St. Louis University Archivist Emeritus and proud SLU graduate. Tune in each Wednesday for a different topic representing SLU's legends and lore, historical tidbits from SLU's 200 years of mission that pay tribute to our community's commitment to a higher purpose and greater good. Brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. So we're back this week with John Wade, and we are going to hear a portion of SLU's history in the medical school that seems to be somewhat unknown. It is when the Surgeon General in the 1940s contacted the SLU Medical School Director and asked if the university would sponsor a hospital unit during the war. So without further ado, let's hear about this, John. Well, this... This whole story about this hospital unit, Crimmins was the president of the university at the time, and he'd been president, I think, since 1936. He had a PhD in philosophy from the Gregorian University in, in Rome. He was, he was the president. St. Louis University's medical school was given a request by the United States Surgeon General to open up in March of 1940. That's what you're telling me, right? Would you be willing to sponsor this hospital? Right, right. So was the Surgeon General doing that all across the nation? Like, why was Lewis singled out? Right, right. No, I I think it was because this eventually when the unit was activated as a a hospital, they went to North Africa first. And in those slides I sent you, I think there's a picture of where the 70th was in North Africa. There were several other sponsored hospitals there as well. So I don't, I mean... I kind of call this a mass unit. It wasn't that primitive. It was a it was a couple steps above a, uh, like the mass TV show, the movie. It was several steps. So there were other university sponsored hospital units in this complex of hospitals in North Africa. So this was a pretty pretty decent sized operation uh, in North Africa. So uh, and they they went for training. I think they went they were they went down to Springfield, Missouri for training. They sent them down to Texas for training. And I think most of the the medical staff of this unit, the doctors and the nurses, were St. Louis area people, including a lot of people from St. Louis U. Like I mentioned, Dr. Miranda earlier, he was a St. Louis U. Medi- he had graduated from medical school at St. Louis U. So he was St. Louis U, you know, you know uh, uh, I don't know if he was on the staff at the university at that time. He may have been a resident down there at the hospital. So yeah, we, I don't want to imply that we were the only ones. In the, they, this was happening all across, all across the country. And it's ironic, the university organized the unit. They supplied a lot of the medical staff, uh, but they were grabbing people from anywhere they could. So they sent them Fall of 42, they were down in Springfield, Missouri. Then a little bit after that in December, they went down to uh, the Harmon General Hospital, which was actually sponsored by Cornell. They they were down in in Texas. And then it was in 43, uh, in August of 43, they they left Texas and then went to New York before they were sent off overseas. uh, Eventually, they sent them to North Africa. Uh, they were looking for a hospital chaplain, a chaplain for this unit. So Father Crimmins, who was the president, 
resigned as president to become the chaplain in this hospital unit. And, and so he went with them to North Africa uh, in, in 43. They stayed in North Africa until the, the Germans had been defeated in, in North Africa. Then towards the end of 44, December, the, the, the war, the Germans had been defeated in, in, in North Africa. Then they sent them to Northern Italy, about 25 miles west of Florence. And it's about 15 miles south of the front lines there uh, in Northern Italy, because this is near the end of the war. And evidently the fighting there at the end of the war was pretty nasty and pretty intense there. And so evidently when they set up this other hospital there, and I'm not sure, they treated hundreds, if not thousands, of, of Allied soldiers. And evidently, they treated hundreds of German soldiers, too, who were injured. Near the end of the war, Dole was in the, Senator Dole, he was Mr. Dole, Bob Dole from Kansas at the time. He was involved in some of that fighting in Italy. Well, Dole was treated by the 70th at near the end of the war. And then Senator Inouye, who the senator from, from Hawaii, he was Nisei Japanese. There was a Nisei unit fighting in Northern Italy too. Well, well, he was treated by the 70th. The unit was deactivated in October 25th of 1945. But Crimmins stayed on in the service. And by this time he was Captain Crimmins. He had been promoted. Uh, he stayed on and sister, he was a confessor, counselor to some of the, the Nazi uh, war criminals, not in Nuremberg, but this was in, in, in Italy. But anyway, this whole story is just fascinating that, yeah. that the university sponsored this unit and that yeah. significant American political leaders, Dole and Hanoi, both were treated by this unit. I, I bet if you ask 100 people at the university today, they have no idea that that we had this that we had this unit you know sure so at its height how many people do you think served there initially lore this dr lore who was the superintendent county hospital gathered together 52 medical officers doctors uh and then 105 nurses at least 150 to 200 initially doctors and nurses and most of them came from from St. Louis to staff this hospital. Let me ask you this too. So when Father Crimmins first contacted Dr. Lohr, that was automatically understood that it would eventually be head of the unit in North Africa? It was going to be headed somewhere overseas. He, yeah, the assumption was they didn't know actually until they were on their way where they were going. But the assumption was is that they were going to uh, they were going to serve. Now it's possible that they could have served here too, but there was always that possibility that they would be sent overseas. And in this case, okay. they were, yeah. And if my math is right, then from initial request from the Surgeon General until set up in North Africa was a little over two years. It was almost two years. Yeah, probably about two years. It was in September of 43 where they didn't get set up in, in North Africa. So it was right. a while, right, because they did training and, and uh, yeah. So this request came in 1940. Right. I put this together with our past couple sessions with the beginnings of the medical school and how all of that started up. 
And really, SLU Medical School wasn't terribly old at this point. However, they'd made it through the Spanish flu <laughs> and right. proved themselves to be yeah. a formidable university. You know, by 1940, the university had a, uh, I'm sure it had a pretty significant reputation. And, you know, and last, like last week, we talked about Schwartala. Schwartala had this reputation from Johns Hopkins, and Schwartala was involved with, like I said, North Central, uh, with Catholic Hospital Association. So people here had a reputation that was known outside of, of St. Louis. So I, right. I think they, you know, the, the government knew that when they were getting people from St. Louis, they were going to be getting good people, you know. So, okay. Very so interesting. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating story. I. Wow. Um, you just never know what you're going to find in the archives, do you? Yep. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I was thinking next week, Bannon would be into, well, first of all, I knew Father Bannon. He was beautiful. Okay. All right. So uh, another interesting session today about SLU's Medical School. And next time, we're going to talk about one of your favorite folks, Father Bannon. Is that right? Yeah. Father Bannon will be the subject. Uh, I, let's just say this. Father Bannon, I, did, I knew Father Bannon moderately well. I never had a class with him. I got to know him because uh, he had given material uh, had saved material that ended up coming to the archives. I didn't realize I was going to end up in the archives at the time. But uh, let's just say Father Bannon never met an administrator that he liked. And all right. Okay. So, take all right. Me. Thanks so much, John. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. So thank you so much for joining us once again, and we'll see you right back here next Wednesday with John Wade.